this week, the comics guys explain Putin timelines. Hello and welcome everyone. Yes, this week we're going to be talking about floating timelines. But what are floating timelines? Well, in comics, as uh, time moves on, these characters don't age normally, except for when they do. And so today we're going to be looking at all the times when we've had to alter or change when a character is from based on the passage of time. Absolutely. Um, so, Darren, take us away. So, as, as you said, you've covered the, the basics of it uh, exactly. The, the problem that a lot of long-term serial, serial fiction is that as a, a reader follows it in their own lives, and time passes, you know, in kind of like the outside world, what is the rate at which time is passing in these stories, right? And this is something that does not just apply to comic books. It applies to any kind of serial fiction that lasts for a length of time. Eventually, you have to kind of decide as a creator the extent to which the timeline is going to match the real-world timeline. If it's a year's worth of comic book stories, do that, does that take a year in the characters' lives? Um, and at different times, different comic books have kind of like come up with different answers for that. And they've had to go back and readdress some problems that get caused at times that they, you know, decide to change that. But this is a thing that, you know, uh, people have had to deal with since the beginning of serial organized storytelling, right? I mean, like myths and legends uh, had the same kind of problem. Right when a storyteller would come and sit down and tell you a story about Robin Hood, the story about Robin Hood always took place today, right? No matter what year it was, you know. So, like, if you like try to sit down and organize all of the stories of Robin Hood, it's kind of hard to figure out when they take place, right? Because it's you know, there's several hundred years of British history happen in the background of these stories, and you know, eventually you kind of like come to a conclusion or come to an agreement. Most writers today kind of like put. Uh, all of Robin Hood's stories during the reign of Richard the Lionheart, right? Because that's just one that makes sense. But over, you know, if you read the actual stories uh, as they were published at the time, he's all over the place in history. King Arthur, you know, the stories of Camelot take place anywhere between, you know, the 4th and 12th centuries uh, in England, right? Depending on which version of them you're listening to. Uh, you know, when Greek stories of Hercules uh, got transformed into Roman stories of Heracles a thousand years later, you know, uh, the, 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 the sense of continuity has always been a concern. And it exists, you know, like right up to the modern day. Sherlock Holmes, uh, all of Sherlock Holmes' stories that were written over 40 years or whatever of uh, his life take place within about 10 years of his life right uh you know during that time in the in the late 19th century in england for us and today we have that you know as an issue mash got 13 seasons of stories out of a war that lasted less than three years right so obviously time is not going at the same pace as it was that you know as, as we're watching this um the simpsons all 30 years of the simpsons supposedly takes place in the same year right it's every, every new season starts bart is back in fourth grade uh, you know, and uh, uh, there it all happens during that you know, like one year of their lives, and Maggie stays a baby for thirty years. Um, but the references around them constantly change, right? There's a great Simpsons episode that takes place when uh, Bart and Lisa are little, when Lisa is just born, and it takes place during the 1984 Olympics, mm -hmm. right? 
at the time that made perfect sense. The farther and farther you get away from that, the funnier that gets as a reference because, you know, okay, well, so how old are they today, right? Like, when is this supposed to happen? Some reference, some, you know, pieces of, of fiction, of serial fiction, do actually age in real time. Um, a lot of uh, newspaper cartoons, some do and some don't, right? Doonesbury takes place in mostly real world time. Most of the characters have aged uh, over the 40 whatever years that, you know, the series has been going, almost 50 years now. Um, but Uncle Duke, as a character, has been 45 since 1970 and is 45 today. In fact, many of the characters in the strip have kind of passed him in age and gone past him because Uncle Duke only makes sense if he's 45. Nobody wants to see this guy be 95, right? Mm -hmm. So he clearly is living on a different timeline than the characters around him. And they've just decided to accept that, and it's a joke, right? Mm -hmm. Gasoline Alley, as a newspaper strip, has kept regular timelines for 99 years in the comics, right? And oh, wow. they have just kind of hung a lampshade on the whole thing of, you know, they're on the fourth creator, the fourth main writer of the series at this point. Um, and the cast just has become supernaturally old, right? Like the main <laughs> character, one of the lead characters, Walt Fort, is now in canon 120 years old. And all, the, <laughs> all of his jokes are about him being this really old guy. And his son, who was a baby at the beginning of the strip, is now 99. He looks 70, but in, in canon, officially, he's 99 years old, right? So, you know, d there are different ways to handle it, and different comic book companies have handled it in different ways. Mm hmm so one of the first ones that has to deal with this is also the most famous superhero. Um, so we have to deal with uh, why Superman uh, right. looks the same. Superman is the first comic book superhero who had to kind of deal with this problem, right? Um, during the Golden Age, you know, there's not, it, it's not, the Golden Age doesn't last that long. So it never really becomes a concern. Nobody gets, nobody changes age over the course of the Golden Age stories. And since they all only happened or were all published between 1938 and 1950, okay, nobody really cared, right? Like, it's, you could totally believe maybe a character got older during that time, maybe they didn't, nobody really changed appearance. Somehow Robin stayed 12 for that entire <laughs> run, and nobody really thought about it, right? Superman mm -hmm. is the first one that you kind of have to address that at all. First of all, because Superman had Superboy. And right. the publication of Superboy stories, like the implication of those is that time is passing, right? Superman, right. Superman stories take place today, which means that Superboy stories have to take place somewhere around 15 years before today, whatever today is, right? So as Superman mm -hmm. continues to move into the future, as like the time passes as we're telling Superman stories, the date at which he's Superboy is kind of traveling behind him, right? And it's always about 15 years ago. So in 1946, when we first have a Superboy story, that first Superboy story happens around 1930, right? By the time we get into the 50s and 60s, now Superboy stories are happening in the 40s and 50s. But wait a minute, I saw Superman stories in the 40s and 50s, right? Now you suddenly have this disjointed, this, this disconnect uh, when, when you're addressing that character, right? And that's where the concept of floating time is first, first came up, right? It's the first time there was like an actual reference to it in which no matter what age Superman is today, and it's clear that Superman is not aging, the rest of the cast is not aging, because it's the first series to go on long enough for anybody to care, right? 
the, mm-hmm. the, the first series that went for 15 years or 20 years or whatever to the point where you would think, hey, how come Jimmy Olsen hasn't grown up? How come Robin hasn't grown up? Right? Clearly, time is passing more slowly for them. But there are events in their past that we know happened. And so as today moves, those events in the past move along this kind of like, you know, floating line of dates uh, with them into the future. And that continues to change something about something fundamental about the nature of those previous stories. Right. Eclipse Comics actually gave this a name, gave this concept a name back when in the 80s, when they were doing guides to other comic lines, right? Like Eclipse would do a, a guide to the Avengers or a guide mm-hmm. to the Justice League or something. And would go through them issue by issue. And every time something happened in an older comic mm-hmm. uh, that didn't make sense anymore because of the floating timeline, they, they made a reference. They called it, it's called a topical reference. And that's a word that they invent, a term they invented that we now use a lot, that has really? gone kind of way beyond Eclipse you know, they, they should have copyrighted it or trademarked it or something, but they didn't. And so we all use it as like a, as a concept in talking about floating timelines. Yeah, and a topical reference, that. That's awesome. yeah, a topical reference is when a character does something in a story that clearly will be invalidated at some point in the future. Right. right. This, this can't be, I mean, if this would tie us to a date, if we allowed it to stay as a piece of canon. Right. When mm-hmm. Superman meets JFK and JFK is the president, right? At that point, you are now threatening to set a time in which Superman is 30 in 1962, right? Mm-hmm. Because th- we know when JFK is president, right? Like that's a set right. time. So whenever in a reference, they would have that, that kind of reference in a comic, the, the Eclipse people started this. So they would say, okay, Superman meets the president. Not okay. Superman meets JFK, right? And so that reference like, would be, you know, like if we tell that story or we're referring to that story in the 80s, maybe it's Carter that he meets, right? Or Gerald Ford or something like that, you know, is the, is the president that he met at that time, sometime in the vague nebulous past. Mm-hmm. Or if you're doing it today, uh, you know, that, that, you know, Superman met the president 10 years ago or whatever, well, that was, you know, Obama or whatever, right? That he actually, that he met at that point, you know? So right. you can kind of like square the circle of that problem and say, okay, well, the important thing is Superman met the president, right? That's mm-hmm. the thing that will carry forward as a piece of continuity. Um, DC used to make fun of this idea for it because they joked that Superman was 29 forever. He was the first character in comics to have the writers and the editors acknowledge that this was a problem. And mm-hmm. they joked, if you look at the, uh, the 1976 DC calendar, uh, day by day, they gave fake birthdays and stuff all through the different characters. And they gave Superman <laughs> the birthday of February 29th, because 1976 was a leap year. Right? Okay, right? And they said, well, that's why Superman ages so slowly, because he's only had like eight birthdays since 1938, right? <laughs> you know, whatever, okay. like however many had gone by at that point, right? He only ages one year for every four years that goes by. And they okay. knew they were kidding and the fans right. knew they were kidding, but really that actually kind of made a fair amount of sense. It made things make sense to them because that was about as long back as you could set a story in the past without having to really change anything, right? Like that eight or 10 year stretch 
-hmm. is kind of like the maximum that a reader will accept mm -hmm. for things could be pretty much the same as they were today. Right. Mm -hmm. There's a, you know, like a kid could have gotten older. Okay. You know, it's tough when you get into like characters who are adolescent or whatever, because obviously there's a lot of changes happen in a short period of time there, but mm -hmm. you could almost kind of buy that Robin was still wearing shorts and being the sidekick for Batman for a range of about eight or 10 years. Right. Maybe he's 10 when he starts and he's 20 when he stops. Right. Okay, that's maybe a little long, but sure, why not? I'll buy that, right? So that's a that's a range of time. And during that time, Batman won't have seemed to have gotten much older, right? If he's 25 when he adopts Robin, and he's 35 when Robin grows up and becomes Nightwing, okay, what is the difference between 25-year-old Batman and 35-year-old Batman? I could buy that they kind of look more or less the same, right? That's as yeah. far as you can go. So that will kind of become a recurring date scheme of when things in the past change. And like I said, DC was the only superhero publisher that had to deal with this for a long time because they were the only ones who were going continuously from the golden age into and past the silver age, right? It's like they, had, they were the first people to have to address people asking questions about how come Robin is still 12? How come Jimmy Olsen is still a cub reporter? Why won't somebody promote the Porsche Mo? How many criminals does he have to catch before somebody actually gives him a real job, right? You know, that's, that seems terrible. Yeah, and it's uh, you know these this this is a question that's going to be asked by a lot you know a lot of other publishers, Marvel. Uh, sure, being, and and once again, this it, it, also kind of presumes that you have a fan base that cares, right? right. So right. like un until you have an organized fan base that can actually ask these questions, that can actually talk to these people, in the end. If a reader had a question about a comic book, if a thing in a comic book didn't make sense to a reader in 1945, there wasn't a damn thing they could do about it, right? <laughs> they could write a letter, but nobody would answer, you know? Mm -hmm. They could talk to other fans if they knew them on the street, but they didn't have conventions and they didn't have, you know, the internet to complain and they didn't have letters columns in, in, the, in the comics, right? right? So nobody cared. Nobody was particularly concerned about continuity. The people who right. made continuity suddenly really be a thing, of course, is Marvel. And when Marvel comes along at the very beginning of the Silver Age, I mean, DC starts the Silver Age, but Marvel joining in a few years after that, that's when the Silver Age kicks in and gets underway. And Marvel treats its fans and treats its universe very differently from any publisher that had ever existed before them, or from DC, which was really the only competitor that they had at the time, um, but also all the competitors back in the 40s, none mm -hmm. of them did what, what Marvel did. And Marvel created around Stan Lee himself and the concept of the bullpen and everything there, created this kind of like mythos of the worlds that all of these things happened in. Right. And Stan Lee always used to say the world of Marvel Comics is the world outside your window with superheroes at it. Right. It happens in yeah. the real world. People have, quote unquote, real world problems. And the thing that Marvel had done differently from everybody was put their heroes in a semblance of a real world. Right. The thing the the, the Fantastic Four fought with each other. 
they argued with each other. They weren't mm -hmm. best friends all the time. They had personalities. They had personality conflicts. They'd get into fights. Thing would quit for a little while or whatever. And something, you know, people would go on. And Thing had bad luck, right? Like not only had he been turned into a monster, but when the trouble alert goes off, if somebody's going to be caught in the shower, it's Ben Grimm, right? He's going to be the one who has to come out with his, you know, in, in a towel or whatever, because, right. uh, you know, he just has the worst luck. And then Spider-Man comes along and his luck is a hundred times worse than the things, right? And so mm -hmm. Spider-Man constantly as plot points in his stories has to deal with real world, quote unquote, real world issues that no superhero ever had before, right? Spider-Man needs to get a job. It's hard for him to keep a job. It's never been hard for a superhero to keep a job before Spider-Man, right? Mm -hmm. Unless they were a comedy character like Johnny Thunder who would get fired every week. But right. the, the fact that he has to actually like go out and generate a paycheck uh, for himself and poor dear old sickly Aunt May, that's a, that's a conflict no hero had ever faced before. And when uh, he goes out and he appears on a TV show, the writers, uh, the, the you know, producers of the TV show hand him a check made out to Spider-Man. And he can't cash it because he doesn't have a bank account in the name of Spider-Man. <laughs> and he can't tell them his secret identity so that he can cash the check. So he never gets paid for the job, right? There's right. No superhero ever had to deal with stuff like that. So part of the shtick of that, of this being the real world outside your window, meant that in those early days of Marvel, things happened in real time because they wanted to keep up with the events of what was going on in the outside world. They wanted their comic to look like what the reader's life was supposedly like. And mm -hmm. so if you read those first, say, four or five years of the Avengers, those first four or five years of the Fantastic Four, absolutely the first three years of Spider-Man, month by month, a month has gone by in their lives, mm -hmm. right? Spider-Man is a junior in high school when he gets his powers, and about a year and a half after he gets his powers, he graduates from high school. That time has passed. He's gone from, you know, 15 or 16 to 17 or 18 in a year and a half of comics. He's actually like aged in real time. Mm -hmm. But as that starts to go on, as these characters continue, I mean, when Stan started Marvel and the other people were, you know, working on Marvel, none of them had the faintest idea that this was going to go on forever. Right. right. It never occurred to them when they're writing this, that this is going to be a problem eventually. Eventually, we're going to be 50 years into writing Spider-Man, and Spider-Man's going to be 65 years old. That's, that's no good. We can't actually do that, right? <laughs> that didn't occur to them at the beginning. Right. So and they go, it, right? and why would it? Right, because you know, it's, Stan at that point had already lived through one collapse of superheroes. He certainly had mm -hmm. no reason to think that it wouldn't collapse again. You know, So mm -hmm. they just went on and just passed off you know, characters uh, month by month, they could just do that. But as time went on and it became clear, oh, we're here for the long term, right? Mm -hmm. We're in this for the long term now. We've already been doing Spider-Man comics now for six, seven, eight, nine years. It's not dying off. In fact, it's just getting bigger. It's just turning into a larger thing. The Marvel Universe is getting bigger. We suddenly notice we don't want these characters aging that fast. We don't want to be, have story concepts forced on us by the month-to-month -month progression of the calendar, right? At some point, it's going to become difficult to explain why Spider-Man hasn't graduated from college. Right. We well, like telling stories about Spider-Man in college, right? That's a, that makes sense. We like that version of him. We would like that to keep going. So it's somewhere in the late 60s 
into maybe the early 70s, maybe very early 70s, that Marvel as a group notices this and says, you know what, DC doesn't have this problem. DC just kind of hand waves this and says, everybody just stays the same age, and that's fine. Maybe we should start doing that too. <laughs> We're going to say, you know, like the real world does still change, but our characters don't change with them. Our characters are going to slow down their passage through time. So mm -hmm. Spider-Man graduates from high school in 1965 in the comics. Mm -hmm. He doesn't graduate from college until 1978. It takes him 13 years of actual comic book stories to get through college. Now he drops out for a while in the middle there, which you could, you know, kind of justify for a bit. But mm -hmm. you know, he's that's that's when kind of like the the rate at which the character is starting to age. And so you kind of like see where they're picking up that DC idea of the farthest away thing that happened in the past is about 10 years ago. Right. And that's just going to move with us as we go. So mm -hmm. you have all these characters who suddenly have weird shit in their stories, in their timelines, because of that disconnect between how fast time is going for them and how fast time is going in the real world. Sometimes it goes in the, in the other direction, right? Because they decide something about a character that they want to change mm -hmm. and just assume that it happened in the past somewhere. 1970, the X-Men get canceled as a series, right? The original X-Men, mm -hmm. the original five X-Men. At that point, right. they have not yet gone into college. They are all like high school seniors or just post seniors who have not entered college, right? That's X-Men number mm -hmm. 66. The Beast gets his solo series in Amazing Adventures in 1972, two years later. In that time, he's not only gone to college, he's gotten a PhD. <laughs> right. right. Okay, maybe he went through all of college and got his degree in two years, but really... Really, did he? Does that make sense for anything, right? I mean, like, I don't care about, I mean, I know he's smart, but, mm -hmm. you know, like, how, how did he pull that off? How did he get a college to go along with that, right? We don't care, because now in 1972, he's got a PhD, and he got all of the stuff that happened in the past behind him. Even though the past was only two years ago, he was still in high school, right? Mm -hmm. Now you start to see these kind of changes. The one I always like to point out to people, the one I use as an example for this, is Franklin. Uh, Franklin right. Richards, right? Yeah. He is born in uh, the end of 1968. His the first issue uh, that shows him was the ones that were on the shelves in in uh, you know uh, were cover dated February 1969. I was right. born in February 1969, so mm -hmm. Franklin and I are the are the same age. Franklin Richards, I think, is still like 14. And he's 12. In the yeah, right he's like 12. 12. Yeah, I'm okay. 51 and he's 12. I, I can tell you, we were born at the same time, right? So like, there's you know. <laughs> The, the, the time rate, the time dilation between those has expanded over the years, right? Yeah. Um, and, but there was a jump that was really fast, right? Like Franklin was a baby and you could like just have him be a baby in his stories. And then suddenly he was four years old because now he needed to talk and walk around and like, you know, do stuff. Like the years between being a baby and being four years old are really boring from a story perspective. So we yeah. just didn't see those, right? Like Franklin goes from literally in swaddling clothes in a cradle to like being in a, you know, in a romper suit, like running around on the floors of the Baxter building, right? There's right. no time in between those. That, that just happened because it was stupid. Nobody wanted to tell a story about him during that time, right? Yeah. Just not um, interesting. Right. But the more that happens and the more time stretches out, the more ridiculous these kind of like topical references and these cons character concepts start 
getting stranger and stranger. When yeah. the Fantastic Four started, Reed Richards and Ben Grimm were World War II vets. They had both fought in World War II. Ben flew planes at Guadalcanal. It's in his backstory. And Reed was in the OSS. Mm -hmm. Eventually, that stopped making sense for their characters, right? Like, you couldn't buy their age anymore for that. When they go into space in 1961, uh, you know, when they launch the, the spaceship that gives them their powers, it's because they're trying to beat the Soviets into space. Right. At a certain point, that doesn't make any sense as a backstory. Right, because we've mm -hmm. been in space for forever. It was perfectly normal. And when we went up there, we weren't all hit with cosmic rays. <laughs> you know, turns out <laughs> cosmic rays aren't a thing. Now we need a new explanation for how come the Fantastic Four are the Fantastic Four. When Iron Man is, when Tony Stark is, uh, before he's, you know, become Iron Man, what war is he selling weapons in? Well, when it started, it was Korea. Right? <laughs> you know, well, that can't make sense anymore. He can't be a grown up in Korea and still be. You know, a plausible character at any point. So, like, as the story gets retold throughout history, first it was Korea, then it was Vietnam, then it was, mm -hmm. you know, the Middle East. And now we, the Marvel has finally come to its senses and it's created a fakey war that happened X number of years ago, right? They right. call it the Sin Kong War. And this war now uh, involved countries that don't exist on our planet. But the USA was involved in it, and it was a mess. It was a nightmare. Everybody's sad about it. There are you know, veterans from it and everything. But that time, when that war happened, is now no longer stuck to a point in history. The Sinkong War happened 10 years ago forever. Right? That's floating timelines. That's how floating timelines work. And it's amazing that it's taken Marvel this long to figure that out for those particular characters. Because mm -hmm. not only did they have that problem with Tony in Korea, but they had that problem with the Punisher in Vietnam. And right. Rhodey in Vietnam, right? Rhodey when, the, when did they come up with the Sin Kong War? Because I know just, I've heard just it in the last few years, just oh, like, yeah. I don't know, the six or eight years ago. Oh, okay, yeah. So that has now that's kind of like solved the problem, right? The Punisher didn't fight in Vietnam. Rhodey didn't fly planes in Vietnam. Tony mm -hmm. didn't sell weapons in Vietnam. All of those things happened in the mysterious Sin Kong War in the country of Sin Kong. Oh, okay, sure. We're really two XX X. Right, 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 exactly. So that allows, because you want time, it's not that you don't want time to freeze, right? Because then a character can't change. You know, Franklin, mm -hmm. has, Franklin has been, you know, born 10 years ago or so, for eight or 10 years ago for forever, so that, you know, okay, he gets kind of stuck for a while. But it's interesting to allow Dick Grayson to grow up to be Nightwing, right? We like yes. that. That's a cool story. It's a cool concept. It's satisfying to the character. Right. So, mm -hmm. but that implies that Batman has now been around long enough for Robin to be 10 or 12 when he starts and mm -hmm. 20, whatever that he is now for this. Right. Uh, Batman has to have been around at least that long. Right. Now yeah. you're setting kind of like outside frames on how long Batman has been doing his thing. Right. Not, the, the worst character. Robin, oh, sorry. Yeah. Batman the worst character. Be one of the worst characters. Oh, right, exactly. We'll talk about how he keeps getting rebooted and worse and worse. Yeah. The, the symbol character, uh, we talk about you know, characters with nightmare continuities. For this, the worst nightmare continuity for this kind of thing is Donna Troy, right? right? Because in her first appearance, the first time we find out about her backstory as a character, we learn that she was a baby in an orphanage and got rescued by Wonder Woman from a fire. 
okay, that's awesome. Great story. That's a setup, right? And then she brought young baby Donna Troy to Amazon, except that means Donna Troy is now 20, right? Mm -hmm. Which means there's been a Wonder Woman in costume doing things for at least 20 years, right? The existence of Donna's lifespan being within mm -hmm. Wonder Woman's career has caused a shitload of continuity problems over the last 50 years at DC. Right, they keep rewriting it and keep trying to change it to undo that because they don't want Wonder Woman's career to have been that long. They don't want Wonder Woman to be middle aged. Right, right. She's almost as bad as Hawkman at this point. It, exactly, right. And it, honestly, with Wonder Woman, it wouldn't really matter because Wonder Woman is infinity old anyway. Right, like we've decided yeah. that that's relatively recent addition to her character. But sure. But the problem is that means Batman is too, right? Because yeah. Batman's around before Wonder Woman. So now we've made Batman's career last 20 whatever years, mm -hmm. right? Because if you know Wonder Woman was part of the Justice League when she rescued Donna Troy as a baby, that means the Justice League is at least 20 years old, right? That happens over and over again in comics, and we wind up having to kind of like redo these events. Um, Sharon and Peggy Carter in Captain America are an example for that. Peggy Carter is Captain America's girlfriend during World War II. He gets frozen in, in you know, an iceberg and gets let out in the modern day, whenever the modern day is. At the time, it was 1964. Um, and meets Sharon, who at the time was Peggy's little sister, who is now grown up to be a full-grown woman and an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., etc. And they also they now can have another relationship, because it was weird at the time for Captain America to like go on with a continuing relationship with a woman who is 20 years older than him. And right. the longer that time span went, the farther, the less sense Peggy Carter made, right? Eventually she had to like die of old age, you know? But Sharon mm -hmm. had to stay Captain America's age. So Sharon has gone from being Peggy's little sister to being her great niece, just in the career of her time at, at Marvel, right? They've had to rewrite her backstory over and over again in order to like maintain a relationship between them that was somehow plausible for the amount of time that went by. Mm -hmm. Another good one for that is uh, is Barbara Gordon is is Batgirl. Uh, Barbara Gordon, as a character, uh, her in her secret identity, ran for Congress and won in 1972. Oh wow! She became the congresswoman from whatever state Congress uh, the Gotham City is in, which never gets you know uh, uh, taken care of. Right? We know how old you have to be to run for Congress. You have to be 25. There's a law about that, <laughs> right? <laughs> so we can't kind of like hand wave that and say, oh, she wasn't 25 yet or whatever. Well, no, she was because that's the constitution, right? That's, you know, we can't actually change that. So suddenly we now have this point in 1972 where we know Barbara Gordon has to be 25, which means that if Robin's only 16, maybe they shouldn't be kissing, right? That's, <laughs> that's starting, starting to look a little, a little creepy in some of these issues. You know, if Robin isn't getting any older, but we've established that, Batgirl is now in her late 20s. So then, of course, she had to lose the next election so we could all conveniently forget that this ever happened in her backstory, right? right. And that has now, of course, been erased countless, you know, DC crises ago as that kind of a concern. And that's why crisis existed, which we can, you know, talk about that uh, if, you, if, if we're done on this topic here. Yeah, I mean, let's talk about crisis because... The you know that's a lot of the early when they're that's a lot of the early small fixes that they do. But Crisis is the first time that we're going to 
basically reboot everything largely for this reason, right? There's all these right, exactly. This is the reason Crisis was done in the first place as a concept right. was that we had DC has Earth One, which is where all of today's modern current characters exist. Whatever year today is, that's where it's happening. And uh -huh. Earth Two, where the Justice Society fought in World War Two. Right. We're not removing World War Two from their backstory, right? Like that, nobody will allow that. It's awesome that you know Jay Garrick punched out Hitler. That's awesome. We love that. That's that's a big part of his character, right? Which means mm -hmm. that those guys are getting older. Earth Two is moving in real time, right. right? Every time we go back and team up with those guys from Earth Two, they look older because right. it's longer and longer ago. the The assumed age of those characters is increasing, but Batman's not getting any older on Earth One, right? And that's starting to become a problem, right? That's mm -hmm. starting to create this weird continuity bends uh, between these characters, and during that time, every time DC has picked up a new license or a new franchise or a new set of characters that they've bought from somebody else, they keep putting them on different alternate Earths, right? Mm -hmm. To explain why we never met them before, right? So all of the characters from Fawcett were on Earth S, because that's Earth S for Shazam. All of the Shazam related characters happen on Earth S. Mm -hmm. um, and then all of the quality characters happen on Earth X. And Earth-X was really interesting because Earth-X, uh, the World War II never ended, right? Like the Nazis won, and now the America is in a, uh, you know, in a rebellion, basically, and the heroes are like underground fighters, and they're still fighting Nazis, right? That's what's happening on Earth-X when the heroes get over there. So, okay, yeah. that's cool, but that kind of, you know, once again, sets some time limits on, you know, what we can plausibly believe about them. Right, so you have right. all of these characters. Then we just acquired Charlton. Okay, well now those characters are going to be on a different Earth too. Let's make a story that gets rid of all of those parallel Earths and puts them all in one history. Let's right. do one thing that kind of like makes it all make sense, and then we can put the Justice the Justice Society characters, the old characters, in their time, attach them to World War II, and stop caring about them. Right, they won't be going forward any farther. We, they won't be participating in the, uh, you know, in the floating timeline for this because they have a date that we know and we can't change or mm -hmm. it, things become weird and implausible and don't, are no longer the, the world outside our window, right? right? If World War II just ended 10 years ago, no matter what year it is, right, that's going to get strange as, as the, the history goes forward. And we don't want to bend the world that badly. So, okay, World War II stays in the 40s. The characters who were in World War II have to stay in the 40s. That's when they were good. And we know how old they are, and that will just continue to get farther away. The problem, of course, is that fans still love those characters. They still mm -hmm. want to see them showing up. Every time Jay Garrick shows up in a Flash comic, Flash fans love it. They think Jay Garrick is the coolest dude. And they want to keep seeing him show up no matter how implausible it is that he is, you know, if, if you figure he was in college when he got his powers in 1939, 1940. Uh, so that means he's 20 in 1919, which means today he'd be 101. Right. That seems unlikely that he's probably still running around fighting crime. Right. But, you know, fans have to have to uh, uh, figure out how to do this. So Crisis tried to fix that. The trouble was they didn't have the, con the, the, the conviction of their beliefs, right? They couldn't convince new writers and new editors not to keep messing with it. If you had just left it the way it was, you know, post-crisis, 
things would have been okay, but they hadn't fixed everything yet. By the time they put Crisis out, they hadn't decided a bunch of things yet. They hadn't figured yeah. out what they were going to do with the Charlton characters. They hadn't figured out what they were going to do with Wonder Woman and Hawkman and all these other characters whose backstories had been messed with. They knew John Byrne was coming along to mess with superhero Superman's backstory, but they hadn't heard from him exactly what he was going to do. So Crisis kind of ends with a lot of crap still up in the air about how the universe has been rearranged and the succeeding eight or 10 years afterwards are just as bad as the 10 years before crisis, as far as like screwing up continuity and the floating timeline continues to be a problem. Mm -hmm. Then finally in 1994, they decide, okay, we solved the earth's problem in crisis, but we didn't really solve the time crisis. We didn't really solve the issue in crisis of how do timelines work? And so 1994, Zero Hour comes out as like the big crossover story for DC. Mm -hmm. And as much as Zero Hour has a bunch of problems as a story, and as much as it screwed up a bunch of characters worse than it left them, like Hawkman, I admire Zero Hour because Zero Hour published the only timeline that you've ever been able to get officially as part of canon from a comic book publisher that made sense. And that's where they codified the floating timeline. Today mm -hmm. is today. These things happened one year ago. These things happened two years ago. These things happened three years ago, five years ago, 10 years ago, 50 years ago. These things happened in World War II, right? That's the way the timeline stretches. So simultaneously, you have a timeline that's got years up until about 1950. And then you've got a timeline that's from about 1950 says 40 years ago, 30 years ago, 20 years ago, 10 years ago, and lets that disconnects that from the timeline with dates. So going forward, we should not have any more problems with this. Batman was always, you know, Batman 13 years ago, 14 years ago, whatever time it was, I don't have a copy of the timeline in front of me, but whatever it was at that time, right? And then all of the events of Batman's life, all the important ones were marked out along this timeline that just said how many years before today they happened. And for a completist, for a continuity nerd like me, this was heaven, right? This was, you have fixed, you have made this right I will accept everything that it says on here. This is the new way things are. Congratulations for making sense. That lasted about a year and a half before they started messing with it again. <laughs> well, yeah, because right. it broke my heart that we did not keep the zero hour continuity because it was such a beautiful thing, right? So <laughs> now Marvel has kind of like avoided the problem similarly, right? The, the thing that Marvel has is they have a lot fewer. Uh, characters with any connection to a date that specifically has to happen, right? You've got all the guys with Vietnam. We've talked about, you know, like the Carters. We've talked about Iron Man and, you know, all the stuff that was solved with Sin Kong. They don't really have any World War II characters that they have to explain, right? Mm -hmm. Every World War II character that they've brought back has a good reason for still being however old they are, yeah, right? Human Torch, was, Human Torch was an android. Yep. Uh, Submariner is a uh, alien. You know, he's an Atlantean. God only knows how they find whatever. He's you know 150 years old. Sure, no problem. Yep. Captain America <laughs> and Bucky were both put into suspended anim animation for very long periods of time, and that number can change. Right, that's a number that can stretch. When Captain America woke up originally, it had only been 19 years since right. the war, 
And so Captain America in those very earliest stories would regularly meet people whose lives he had saved during World War II. Right, he'd like meet some cop in the city in New York, and the cop would be like, "Hey, Captain America, I'll help you out because you saved my butt back in the big one in 1944 when we were fighting the Nazis." Right, and it was a great character bit for Captain America would just salute the guy and keep going, right, kind of thing. Well, that's become implausible for the supporting cast because now, if Captain America's only been out of the deep freeze for 10 years or whatever, that means he was in deep freeze for 65 years. All those people have long since died of old age, right? Everybody he could have known from that time is long since gone. And so the character himself has become kind of much more tragic because so much time has passed. He's missed so much time in all of their lives. All of the, his friends and everything from the time that he went under are long since gone, basically, yeah. except for Nick and Bucky, both of whom have had, you know, like their own histories and, and timelines screwed with. So the man out of time aspect of the character really comes in actually. Right. Plus it, plus it feels weird. I mean, I don't know about you, maybe me because I'm an old man or something, but based on like the Marvel floating timeline today, Captain America, the, you know, the fantastic four is a creation of like the Obama administration. Yeah. Yes. You know, that (laughs) feels weird to me, right? Like we didn't have superheroes before Obama. That's okay. Sure. But you know, (laughs) according to history now, that's, that's how things worked. Okay. Thanks Obama. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now that Marvel has occasionally made some, now Marvel has never kind of had a crisis, right? Because since they've never really had to address this, they can just kind of like hand wave things on an individual case basis. Why is right. Nick Fury still alive? Well, he had the infinity formula, right? Like he got a shot from a weird drug back in the 50s. And ever since then, he's been immortal. Oh, okay, sure, whatever, right? They can just solve it on a per character basis. When they did Heroes Reborn in 96, they made a point of junking all of that, right? When, they, when right. Marvel was going through its bankruptcy and kind of handed over to a bunch of like image guys the rights to a set of their, of their characters, they stopped that. The Heroes Reborn happens in real time. Yes. But that only lasted for a year. And then they kind of popped it. Then Marvel kind of had put itself financially back together and said, yeah, you're not, you know, we're not renewing that license. We want all those characters back. So there was a year in which Marvel actually took place in real time. They take a shot at the Earth 2 style thing a year later, uh, MCV2. Yep. Uh, with like American Dream and Juggernaut's son is in the Avengers. Right. All those other like weird, like, it's like an alternate continuity thing still, but it's like, what if these guys went continuously from like the 60s? Right. Well, it's not much longer after that before you hit the Ultimate Universe. And the Ultimate right, Universe but, also but really kind of like aggressively pushed the idea that this was happening in real time, that a month in the Ultimate Universe comics was a month, more or less, in you know, the characters' lives. Mm-hmm. And if, it, uh, if a story took more than one issue to resolve, then it was kind of like made a point in continuity of saying, and then two months happened where nothing much happened. That two months went by, and now here we are caught up again to and even in the short amount of time that the Ultimate Universe was around and, and kind of like functional and concerned about that, within that, they were already starting to run into problems, right? Yeah. Within that, they were beginning to see there's a reason people don't do this, you know, mm-hmm. right? Because they were starting to see, well, wait a minute, but if, you know, if Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch were over here when this was happening and then over there when that was happening, how could that be? You know, they were already running into continuity snarls and they'd only been around for a few years, yep. you know? Yeah, the Ultimate Universe ends up becoming far more 
convoluted. Like it starts off the whole idea is to deconvolute, right? Um, you know, a lot of the stuff that's been going on, and by the end of the Ultimate Universe, it is by far the more complicated because they also came in with the idea that people weren't going to be uh, resurrected, so they end right. up killing off so exactly. many characters early, right? That you right, know. it's it, death will matter. Mm -hmm. And death will be considerably more frequent because, hey, there's a version of this character that's still alive, so it's okay if we kill off the alternate one, right? Yeah. It's okay mm -hmm. if we kill off the wasp over here because if you're that big a wasp fan, you probably like the real one better anyway, you know? And so you get Ultimates 3, where is, you know, probably one of the worst, worst comics ever talked about that <laughs> at the time. But right. Really, probably one of the. Oh, I'm sure we're going to do an Ultimates episode, no question. We should do it and cry for justice at the same time. The summer of the worst comic books ever. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, so Ultimates comes out. And then, so, but in DC, because they still haven't solved this, where we go into another crisis, the right. second of three. We, we keep having crises over and over again. Infinite right. Crisis tries again in 2006 to, to fix all of this. And the problem with that one is when you come out the other end of it, they have now decided that... We want to uh, well. That's the the, the most. That's not infinite. That's after um the the more recent one for it. That's after uh, final. final crisis. Final crisis yeah. uh, is the one where they have now decided to shrink the entire. They want the heroes to be younger, right? right. They want all of these things to now happen. The, the Justice League just formed five years ago, and yeah. all you know, Superman only came to Earth five years ago, and he's or only came to you know uh, uh, Metropolis five years ago, and he's like twenty five. At this Batman point, has had four adoptive sons in seven years. It's exactly <laughs> right. That suddenly, but the thing is, they're not willing to get rid of anything, right? So, like, we right. still have to fit Dick, Jason, Tim, Stephanie, and Damien right. into a five-year stretch. Also, that right? time when Batman was dead and Dick was Batman is still in continuity. Is still in that time too, right? That's that's all still in continuity as well, right? Exactly, mm -hmm. right? And at that point, you're going through Robin so quickly that you would think the rest of the heroes would be kind of like, "This is you should really stop doing this, <laughs> right? You should stop endangering these children because they keep dying on you." You know, <laughs> this is not a job that's got a tremendous amount of life expectancy. Uh, you know, as the, for for characters, you seem really you know uh, uh, unconcerned with the uh, you know welfare of these children in your care. It's not Damien. really a good look for Batman, right? And it's and it's, it's way worse. Damien, Damien, even within that, Damien had to be aged up, right? Like he had to like right. turn out to be a clone who like had been genetically manipulated because his parents are Bruce and Talia after Bruce has become Batman, right? So right, like Batman's already. Uh, uh, Bruce is already Batman by the time he meets Ra's al Ghul and Talia, which means that Damien's entire life has to have happened within Batman's career, yep. right? And he looks awfully, you know, advanced for a five-year-old at that point, right? Like to be, you know, out there fighting crime. This seems kind of gross. <laughs> and so at this point, right now, we as a more educated fan base, as a more kind of, uh, you know, uh, mature about this, we kind of we, we're all in on the kayfabe of this now. Right, like there's yeah. no longer a question. Nobody really believes that any of these things are going to last. We all know continuity only matters until the next crisis or the next time somebody decides to change something, um, and we all know that time does not move that way. And so now that there's kind of like a sense, you can almost kind of play with this, right? Um, the the first time I saw anybody really play with this well is John Burns She-Hulk uh, in the mid 2000s, where mm -hmm. There's a character who shows up as the blonde phantom shows up. And because She-Hulk knows like part of her power is fourth wall breaking. She knows she's a comic book character. 
right? Mm-hmm. Um, but somehow still interacts with the Marvel Universe just fine. And Blonde Phantom shows up as a character and tries to get a job with She-Hulk because she's been aging since World War II. And so has her husband, right? <laughs> so they're like in their 70s now for this. And she thinks that she knows they're going to die pretty soon. So if she gets into She-Hulk's comic, she will skip timelines and she will jump into superhero time at that point, okay. which is what she wants. So her entire point of a, as a character is to convince She-Hulk to let her be a supporting character in the comic so that she and her husband will stop aging so quickly and <laughs> remain, you know, like in their 60s or 70s for an untold amount of time, right? She's literally doing this to save her husband's life from dying for, of old age. Right. And at that point, you're just kind of like, well, that's simultaneously the funniest and saddest thing I've ever heard. Right. <laughs> Is that these characters yeah. are so aware of their timing that they desperately want to get into an ongoing comic because it means time slows down for them. Right. Right. And then you, you've got uh, uh, the Spider Verse stories uh, that kind of like play with the same thing. Right when uh, right. when when Morlin is traveling around, he's visiting all of the different Spider-Man universes, and he's killing Spider-Man in all of the different parallel universes. And he goes to the Spider-Man newspaper cartoon u- universe, right? Mm-hmm. And he tries to kill Spider-Man there, but he can't because time is moving so slowly that it's just driving him insane. Things keep getting repeated over and over again, and each day is only two panels long. And so he keeps thinking he's about to kill Spider-Man, but then suddenly it's tomorrow's strip again because we've run out of room in today's strip and they have to repeat everything that happened previously. And he finally, right. like, time has slowed down to a crawl. Everybody is repeating themselves all the time. And it realizes, Moreland finally realizes it's going to take him months to kill Spider-Man in this comic. <laughs> Even though I've got him dead to rights in front of me right now, it will take me months to stab him to death. I quit. I just, he basically gives up and leaves, you know, because he can't function in the way the timeline moves in that universe. It was a great bit of just kind of, you know, like meta messing with the universe. But we still have this problem, right? There are two ways that it's affected us now. One is the Silicon Age means that the real versions of these characters aren't the comic book versions anymore. It's the movie versions, right? Mm -hmm. Those, the movie versions have superseded those characters. And actors age in real time, right? So at some point, you have, say, I mean, we're just now hitting the issues where it's like Robert Downey Jr. is kind of too old to be Iron Man anymore, right? Chris Evans doesn't want to go through the nightmare workouts he has to go through to like film a Captain America movie anymore because he's getting up there in age. He's in his late 30s now, right? It's hard yeah. to actually look that way, you know? Mm-hmm. And so a character now has the finite lifespan of the actor that plays them. Right. right. There's there's only going to be a certain amount of time that, you know, Chadwick Bosman is going to be willing to be Black Panther. Now, maybe at some point in the future, in the near to mid future, some point, there's going to be a reboot of the Marvel Universe mm-hmm. and they'll start over again, in which case, you know, it will last that length of time. But the version that we know now. For the first time in a long time, those characters are subject to the passing of time in the real world. It matters. Right like when things happened i'm really curious to see if 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 movies if that will work in movies like we we comic books fans accept that right that you know everyone said well it's just a reboot everything's different right we can we can accept that i'm i'm super interested to see if if and when they try to reboot like whether they do a soft reboot or a hard reboot and 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 just start over right yeah 
the I mean the 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 plan as it seems right now is that it would be pretty soft, right? Because they still right. have a bunch of characters they haven't introduced in this setting. Mm -hmm. And so they have at least the freedom to say, okay, well, the first 10 or 15 years of the MCU were kind of about Iron Man and Captain America and Thor and these, you know, early characters. But now that those actors have aged out of playing those roles, well, that's when we're going to introduce the X-Men and the Fantastic Four, who we have not, you know, like put in before, because we've only reacquired their film rights just recently, right? right. So at some point, that's going to be, you know, like a concern uh, that that has to get addressed, right? When 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 will the next Iron Man be, and who will it be? Is a really interesting question. Yeah. Uh, DC has that problem. With it, DC has to has to cope with the fact also that like a big chunk of DC's uh, money that they make, a big chunk of the, their profits, still come from stories about their current characters that were published thirty or forty years ago. Right. Right. Like, what are the one and two best-selling graphic novels today that DC has? I don't know if you know this. The answers are Watchmen and Batman Year One. Yep. Both of which came out in the '80s. Yep. Right. So, I mean, uh, and Killing Joke is also is is like five. Right. I mean, it's also in the top five. Right. Those versions of those characters, they're Reagan era. Right. Like, and they're still on some level. DC wants to pretend that there's still like modern versions of those stories, that those things happened in the characters' lives. But like, you know, Batman's talking on a, you know, regular phone, <laughs> right? Like, like an old timey phone, you know, with a cord and stuff, uh, you know, in these stories, right? And you're just kind of like, how long ago was this? Wait a minute, you know, like, when did this story take place? Already, they are dealing with the fact that, uh, you know, that, that 80s stuff looks old and dated now. Right, he's it looks weird time, to new writers. Yeah, he's spending all that time replacing Robins, and he just could never update his phone. Right, exactly. Yeah, right. <laughs> and now, the just to kind of like wrap this up, Marvel is suddenly like jumped back into continuity concerns for that sort of thing. Right now, with Empire, are you reading Empire currently? No, I'm not. I so I just skipped the summer series, the summer, the summer uh, thing. Yeah, that we're done. Part of the premise of Empire is that the scrolls want Hulkling to take over as a king, right? Because okay. he is he is half Kree and half scroll. He's a descendant of Princess and of Queen Anel of the scrolls. And so uh, he is supposed to be, you know, the, there's a faction of the scrolls that want to install him as emperor. This is a big mm -hmm. chunk of the plot that's like, un, you know, started up this process. Hulkling obviously is gotta be in his late teens as a character. Right. Mm -hmm. um, because, you know, first of all, we see him in a love affair with his boyfriend and stuff. We're not yeah. really, you know, kind yeah. of like happy about that happening with characters until they're in their late teens. Right. Mm -hmm. So we've kind of like established that at minimum, he's got to be 17 or 18 years old. Yeah. But he was conceived during the beginning of the Kree Scroll Wars when the Kree had, when the Scrolls had kidnapped Captain Marvel and Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch. Okay. Right. We know literally like the day conceived. Right? right. If he's now 18 years old, that means the Kree Scroll War was 18 years ago. Minimum. Right. Right. Franklin was already alive <laughs> for years before the Kree Scroll Wars. Franklin's just a problem. And yet Franklin is now 12 or whatever. Right. But like, you know, we, we know that this is already happened. So once again, Marvel literally has just stepped in this again this past couple of months of like, right. wait a second. How old? When? When? How is this a thing? You know, kind of. 
So the, you know, that's it, it's it's always going to be a concern. It's a concern every day, and Marvel is just going to continue to have to kind of like hand wave these things the way that DC has for eighty years, and fans just get used to it. So yeah, I think this will probably be a problem with comics and really any media that uh, embraces heavy continuity, and we're seeing more and more do this. Right. Um, we'll see this as an issue. This will just this is just going to be part of you know it being a fan of media. I think. Um, going forward, um, that kind of awareness of it—it's—it's it's like, like we said, it's kayfabe, right? It's like we're—we we're, right. we're, we know how it works backstage, and we're just kind of like all agreeing to accept yeah. a new thing. So, yeah, I think Franklin is always—I feel, I feel like we bring up Franklin Richard as an issue in many of these—he's <laughs> just a very problematic character. He is. He's a lightning rod for problems. That's certainly true. Yeah, uh, but that's what when you happen when you. Have uh, that's what happens when you have a god that's like 12. Yep. So, um, all right. Well, that was uh, our exploration of floating time. Um, hopefully, uh, it was enlightening. Um, and if you guys have any uh, uh, any other uh, interesting uh, characters who have been uh, timeline whose timelines have been messed with, uh, join us on our Discord and uh, come absolutely. Talk. I would I would point out that this in fact was a topic that was presented to us by our fans on Discord. Right. So I hope they're satisfied with what we did with it. Uh, a yeah. and B, if you have an idea for something that we should talk about, uh, you know, for uh, for explain this, if you want something explained, uh, then you should uh, back us on Patreon and uh, become a uh, you know become a fan of ours and get to actually like make these decisions. Yeah. But uh, thank you all so much for joining us. I've been Steve Tasker. And I'm Darren Watts. Uh, Have a good evening. Thanks for coming.